Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. They were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is cutting back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joining you for our last podcast of the year and the last of the decade as well by <laughs> Lucas Charles. Luke, hello. Uh, hello, Will. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a Season's long decade. Season's greetings. A very long decade. Very long decade. Very, very long. Um, but we got there. <laughs> yeah. We got there. Um, yeah, look, it's been a lot of fun, hasn't it? So uh, another year down. Um, when, when the decade began, you were coming off a Grand Slam a Lions tour, a Heineken Cup win. Long time ago now, I'm sure it feels like. I actually finished it on a very bad injury, Will. Oh, Funny yeah. Funny that, yeah. Torn yeah. <laughs> 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 ACL, was it? Uh, no, it was uh, a torn LCL, LCL, torn lateral collateral ligament, I'm told, and um, a thing called popliteus, apparently. I could, could have pronounced that wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I won't be offended if anyone corrects me on that. <laughs> and I tore off my bicep femoris, which is your outside part of your 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 hamstring. Jesus. Yeah, no, it was miserable enough, yeah. So I thought my career was over then. Was uh, there a possibility that it would be? Yeah, very close. Yeah. Very close, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was how I started my, the, the, the last decade. I've probably finished it just as badly, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely in worse shape. Um, but... Uh, yeah, what about you? I was, you a, I was a bright-eyed school, and bushy-tailed schoolboy school entering yeah. my last six months of uh, of school. So, yeah, it's been a while, obviously. Um, and Joe Schmidt had yet to even come to Ireland yet. That's how long ago it was. And now we're finishing this decade after, you know, what a what a 10 years. He's your been. barometer of, yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> He's your, your benchmark in times. So. Yeah, yeah. Pre-Joe, post-Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Jeez, no, it was, uh, look, in fairness, uh, for Mark, like in terms of the, of the podcast, let's try and talk about something mm. interesting for once in our lives. Yeah. But in terms of rugby, like how much has Irish rugby come on um, in this day, decade? Even compared to, I know they f- we, we finished, like Munster obviously had that period in the middle, but like if you think about how strong all the Irish provinces are now, the consistency of performance through this decade where 2009 was the only real win we had. Yeah. Um, but like if you look at it in terms of what's been done in this decade, like, you know, three Six Nations wins, one of them being a Grand Slam, you know, three European Cup wins, I think like five league t- six back, league the titles. The back-to-back is pretty impressive as well. Yeah, and yeah. you have like Connacht winning the league, you've Ulster getting to a Heineken Cup final as well, you know, Munster winning a league and being very competitive, Leinster obviously being the, probably the strongest team and then, you know, beating the All Blacks for the first time ever Twice. and the second yeah, time yeah, ever yeah. and then your first ever win in South Africa, another series win in Australia, just the three World Cup collapses as well, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, they're... <laughs> Yeah, in there throughout, unfortunately. But um, yeah, no, I, I I would say in terms of a stock take, and we'll probably cover that later <laughs> yeah, on as yeah. well. Um, I, I'd say Irish rugby's in pretty good pretty good health actually, and I'd say that there's a good body of work there. 
and uh, yeah, long may it continue. I think the model is working. Um, just need to get it right for the World Cups now. Oh, definitely. It's because like I guess if you the the two decades of this century, the first one was very much kind of like Irish rugby had never really fired a shot in the professional era at the start of the previous decade you know when you had O'Driscoll and O'Gara and all those lads coming through Munster had, had a few close calls remember they had uh, wasn't it Northampton that wasn't that that de- the start of that decade like, so. that was 2001 or something 2000 Oh, so that's what I'm saying. So when you go back to 2000, like, you know. But they kind of were then semi finals, semi finals. Like, you know, they were there, thereabouts for quite a while until 06. And then. Obviously, they would have they would have been the the catalyst, I really Mm. think, to to get things going. And they certainly were in Leinster, a big. um, Particularly with the the drubbing they put on us in Lansdowne Road, uh, that would have been. a real catalyst to get things moving in there and to, to change the culture and change the makeup. And you see how. It's funny, isn't it? How. A loss is really the defining thing for 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 lots of places and for lots of things and pretty much for everyone that you come across who's successful. Um, and this Lancer team looked at they're going to be probably successful for another couple of years at least, or there thereabouts to be very very you know at the at the top table. I would yeah. think um, you know that that one thing that one loss I think has really been a moment in time where Leinster said well look we can't let that happen again. That's mm. that that can't happen again. What do we need to change? And then all of a sudden. You know, they really, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? I suppose they really got things moving. I don't have to be too fancy, but they really got things moving in terms of academies, in terms of coaching staff, in terms of lots of people who were kind of maybe in there but not contributing enough, uh, weren't good people to have around if you were trying to be really, really successful. Lots of nice people, but just not really going to be, not striving to get the best out of themselves in the club. So, um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? One, one moment, and then you look at like I think Munster are probably in that in that phase now where they're really trying to catch up with with, with Leinster. I think Ulster are the same. Uh, Connacht's probably a different program, um, more developmental, but I would say huge progress down in in uh, in the sports ones. I would actually go so far as to say the progress in Connacht might be might rival relatively relatively you know, speaking yeah, might yeah, rival yeah. Leinster's because. If you look at just the, the the people coming to the games consistently, they're talking about you know obviously a, a Renault job down in the, in the sports ground, um, and they've been pretty consistent as well. They're not a bottom; they've they haven't been a, a you know, bottom of the league in, in, in a very long time. There, yeah, them winning the league was like you know, a huge. Like, but they were kind yeah. of there. They've been you know they're close to qualifying or on the edge. So like they're they're now a, a, like a quality team, you know, and they have a good setup. So. Um, yeah, I think things are really good, Will, you know. And before we get into maybe some of the rugby stuff, uh, we were meant to be joined by Rory O'Connor. Unfortunately, he's been waylaid by a head cold, a Christmas head cold. Or man so flu, he says. Man flu. Man flu. <laughs> so he says. I'm sure he had better 23rd of December plans. Well, he, he's gotten out of them anyway. Can't but blame him for that. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wishing Rory all the best. had a tough year with the trip to Japan and all that, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Every, every year I've Give been, him a break. Give him a break. Every year I've been at the Indo, he's done like a huge trip away. Like he... South Africa, Australia, Japan, New Zealand. He's been like pretty much anywhere you'd want to go. He's your hero, isn't he? Will? Yeah, oh, jeez. Yeah. Living get the dream. To that, get to those, living, get to that stage where you just serve Wyndham Wick, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> so, to mark the end of the decade, I've picked my end of the decade 15. Oh, well, I love when you get, you guess. Yeah, so this this, this, this would have been, exo- you would have liked this, wouldn't you? You were sitting yeah, around some really enjoying this. Some positions were easy, some of them were, were difficult. Uh, starting in the front row, I've gone with Keane Healy for Lucid Prop. Done, yeah. You know, in terms of the longevity, it's when you're picking these teams, is what do you put the most stock in? Is it the longevity? Is it ah, does the peak? Everything. He is both. But I'm just yeah. saying generally, I've gone with a bit of an off the board. I think Hooker there was no outstanding Hooker for like a, a really long period of time. You had guys like Dane Cole. Is this a, this decade? Sorry. This decade, yeah. 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 I went yeah. with Guillaume Garado. 
as a hook, our hooker of the decade. He on my team. has been, f- yeah, excellent. He's been excellent. And he's Dane Collins was, cups yeah. And, yeah, Dane, Dane Collins was a was a contender, but he had he missed a lot of time with injury as well. Like you know, he you know he missed like almost a full season. Yeah, he was unbelievable though when the Hurricanes were. He was very you know, good. Yeah, um, I just thought like, Garado in that French team who have been absolutely John Smith around long enough for no, Bismarck this Bismarck Duplessis is he was actually he was quality player. as well. Actually, yeah, that's a good. That's not a bad. I know that's he's a, a tight a, one. A it's a tight friend one. of yours as well. So I'm not surprised you're going to bat for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure he's not listening. So <laughs> <laughs> useless. That would have been a good one actually. I was. I didn't actually. I didn't think of him earlier when I was doing this. He's always one of the first people I think of as. Just, he was so good because he should have got more caps really. But actually, John I'm, Smith was just. You're, <laughs> you're tearing it. up your list Guillaume, already. Guillaume, you know, I know that's French for William. We have the same name. I'm unfortunately. He, he, but it's right, Will. He, he's very uh, like he's a brilliant player, and he. The problem is France have been so poor, but Toulon have been unbelievable. Um, so yeah. I don't know. It's. Tough. I would say I, Bismarck I, probably I, a better player. I put Bismarck in there. The tight head prop. I, I was I was kind of tempted to go with who I think is the best tight head prop, but he didn't have the longevity. So I went with Owen Franks. You know, it didn't, lo- didn't play regularly because they they swapped him in and out a bit. Owen Franks was the tight head for two World Cup winning teams. He he was yeah, but he shared it with the other guy from the Crusaders, uh, the real tall fella, uh, huge man, um, Crockett. Crockett, why Crockett? Well, he played loose head. No, White Crocker played a bit in the tide, I think. Yeah. Well, Franks was that was like an almost present, yeah. But I, I wanted to. I was half the Franks brothers are lovely footballers, I, and and actually really like clever as well. They they're always end up in good play. Ty Furlong's yeah. better. Ty Furlong is, but he just didn't have the longevity. He came in 2016, kind of onto the scene properly. Like he had three seasons there that I was. Does that have to really count? Yeah. Well, ten years is a long time. Yeah. Like, yeah. What if you like? Like Frank's, what if you get five years in like from yeah. 2005 to 2015? You know, it's just yeah. No, I no like these are. I, I went with Frank's ultimately, but I like I think Furlong is a better player. But I I thought Frank's with two World Cup medals as well. You know. Difficult one to yeah. Uh, who else is? I mean, there's been some. You know, Adam Jones is a good start to the. To the Adam you know. Jones won everything. Yeah, with yeah, Wales, he was good to start. Uh, like. Lions and that. I think Ty offers more than him though. Yeah, he does. Like Ty Furlong was. I think he just maybe came a little too late, but I'm open to you know crossing that as well. <laughs> cross that Leave him in there for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so in the good. second row, I went with Brody Retallick. Done. Nailed on. And Sam Whitelock originally was I had written in, but then upon further it's reflection, Alwyn Jones. I went with the man who's just getting better with every year. He's had a, he's had a monster decade as well. I thought there was a, like Maratage was someone who I was half considering putting in. He's won a lot. He's been amazing, but I think Alwyn Jones has just gotten better and better as as this decade has gone on. Ah, Paul O'Connell. Paul O'Connell's better, better player. He only got the first five years of the decade. Like Alwyn Jones is like ten years of like. It's one nut in a club. He's playing for the for the Ospreys, like yeah. And he also won a, he won two Pro 14s with him as well against Lancer in the RDS no less. That was in 2010 and 2012. This decade was it 20? Oh, was this, I thought it was only one in this. Okay, he actually won more this decade with his club than Paul O'Connell did, who only won one Pro 14 title. Alan Jones has won two Pro 14 titles. Yeah, but has Paulie won more Six Nations this decade? O'Connell won two. He didn't win the third. Alan no. Jones won three. Alan Jones was on two line stores. O'Connell was on one line store this decade. Case really closed. Strong, yeah, yeah. And what about any southern hemispheres? So we're not going with well, the Blackies. Sam Whitelock was unreal, but both uh, like 
your boat, your Matt, yeah, bits, your boat field, yeah. you know, your boaters, your Matt fields, like they're all great second rows as well. Um, like known from Australia. Uh, White Lock, I suppose, the Crusaders, though. He's like, he's no, yeah. he's been unbelievable as well. Like, and, and again, the longevity. We have our tight head lock, is what I'm kind of saying. Yeah. Like, do we now? What do we do now? Like, do we, we probably need a line out caller. Yeah, Alan Wynn Jones can do that. And Brody yeah. Metallic, and then, yeah, okay, fine, fine. Alan Wynn, Alan Wynn ain't gonna find you. Kieran Alan. Reed, number eight. Yeah, done. Yeah, agreed. Richie McCall, number seven. Correct. And I went with Dave. I know it's a bit. I put David Pocock at six, even though he's can't at seven. You can't blame him. He doesn't play at all. And I actually think his. I actually think it's better. I think uh, his Hooper's better. Hooper. Well, I had Hooper down first and I crossed him out. Yeah, did you? I well, like, I, I, we Sean O'Brien could be in there at six. I yeah, also thought Sean O'Brien would be a great. Well. O'Brien at his best. I thought he was always be, uh, a better six. Yeah. I thought he was because he, he gave him a little bit more freedom. Uh, just to roll around, like, and then you know, for those second phases, you know, you could play these ones where you play, you know, your eight and your seven might be involved in the first rook, mm. but Sean he'd be rumbling around the corner in the second, and I thought six was always a lovely place for him to play, but Phenomenal he never, player. yeah, for whatever reason, and he he's just he, so good. Though. He missed a lot of time is the only thing when you compare. Like Hooper has been like ever present for ten years, like yeah, he he almost has a hundred caps. He's and we're just like he's. But you already have a fetcher, like so. Mm. Is he a better ball carrier than O'Brien at the height? I don't no. think so. No, no, O'Brien. He actually is a very... The reason I'd have him ahead of Pocock is because I think he's a better ball carrier. Yeah. But um, I think it's pretty tight between the two of them on the ground, but... I think I'm going to go back and go put in Hooper. I'm going to put in Hooper, I think. Okay, I'd have O'Brien. O'Brien is actually a... T- well, I put back... Mm, oh, I prefer O'Brien at the height was so good. O'Brien man. was unbelievable. And like, So you had O'Brien in maybe, you know, 11 and 12 was unbelievable. Got injured in 13. You know, missed... Sorry, no, good injury in 13, 14 season. Then he, you know, he had a lot of injuries. Like he, he got back for that line story was unbelievable as well. So yeah, he, he's a good. He's, he's a good does it in the big games as well. Yeah. Big game player, and he's won lots. Like that's the one thing with the Aussie guys, they've won nothing. Like really, Waratahs obviously with Hooper. Yeah, Hooper. Won, like, yeah, he won a couple of Tri Nations, but yeah, um, got to the World Cup final. They were ones when they were got like the World Cup the, final. That was the one before the World Cup. But he got to the World Cup final as well. You know, who cares about that? Ah, that's he lost. A, like, <laughs> that's it. Get he to the lost. final. Get he, to the final. He is a, is technically in the same position as us. He was a loser. So, right. Uh, Aaron Smith, in World nine. Cup respect. Aaron Smith, 100% for me, yeah. 10 is a contentious one. I went with Bowden Barrett. You had Barrett, Sexton. Two World Cups. Dan Carter. Yeah, t- probably Dan Carter, yeah. yeah like, see, but Carter was unbelievable in 2015, but he was like, he was injured. He's a more pure 10, though, I think. Like, but this is an all-decade team. Like, it's, like, Car- that's why I'm picking the best 10, which is Dan Carter. Yeah. The drop kicks, come on. No, Carter is, is obviously, yeah. Carter is probably the best 10 in the professional era. Like, but I just think... Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. I just think, like, a lot of his great days, the majority came in that, in 20, like, you know, from 05 to 2010 or from 03 to 2010. Like, in this decade, you know, he got injured in the 2011 World Cup, got back and was unbelievable in 2015. He was unbelievable in 2015. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it got to be Carter. Just, he's one of the all-time greats. Yeah, he's no, he is. Best ever. Centres, I went Man Nanu, 12, and Jonathan Davies, 13. Uh, yeah, John, oh no, Johnny Davies. Ta- get out of us, Johnny Davies. Jonathan Davies, thirteen in my team. No way, man. <laughs> no way. He's been injured more than me. Um, <laughs> Conrad Smith, obviously a, a candidate. Yeah, but it's got to be Drico. Still Drico. Yeah, still Drico. And it's uh, man on who. Uh, it's pretty close between actually Conrad Drico. I remember Brian always saying that. Um, he found Conrad Smith. I, I I used to think he was a bit overrated. I always so thought, I. I always I thought, thought he was kind of playing in an unbelievable team. Same. If then O'Driscoll was in played, that New Zealand team. How, the like more I played against him, the more I thought, actually, he's class. Uh, the more I played against him, the more I was like, actually, he's fucking brilliant. Sorry, mm. excuse my language. He's <laughs> actually brilliant. Um, 
really smart defender, like very rarely caught out. Uh, actually, uh, like not not slow. He looks really. He's really flat footed runner, but he's actually quite quick, and he's a lovely ball handler. Mm. Makes great decisions all game. Pretty yeah, good player. Not uh, as good as O'Driscoll, though. He's not, no, yeah. no, he's not. He's not Draco. I think. 12 is 12 done and dusted is this I think, we, Manon, I think Manonu is so, so, good. so good and he got he got so good when you think about where he started as a pure winger and like just a barreler like he was so polished at the yeah. end. I remember playing for playing against him for Toulon and he just himself and Guido like they were just such good rugby players like mm. I, I Guido is probably my all-time favorite rugby player yeah. to watch I just Ta- I just love well, yeah. watching Guido play rugby I think he's just so like he's one of those guys that's like everything he does you're like oh I like that idea like even if it didn't come off you're like that was smart or he's always in the right place or he's a brilliant finisher or a good tackler I, I always feel I, I don't like leaving Guido out of my because he's probably my favorite ever player um but could I argue a man on who I couldn't based on the body of work? Two, two World Cups and World Cups where he was like really instrumental. In yeah, he's Like in yeah, that, yeah, that final, the final, like and even in that semi final in 2011 against Australia, which was pretty close. Like he set up the try for Israel Dag, like quality yeah, players. Yeah. So the back three, then I went Ben Smith, 15. Yeah. I went Julian Sevilla on one wing and I went with Brian Havana on the other wing. Um, Not Sevilla. Um, but definitely agree with Habana. Not severe. Unbelievable. What's wrong? What's wrong? Um, Forty-six tries. Yeah, no, he's like just a, like he hasn't like. I don't know. Like, look, he's excellent going forward, but he, I'd never like I someone like Ben, like Ben Smith's unbelievable. By the way, he's mm. he is. I'm glad you said him because he is like uh, for me, he'd be head and shoulder above um, any other candidates really. Like you could talk about Israel Falau. Um, but he's I kind of left him out on kind of more. Because you don't like him, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like because he, yeah, he would be there, wouldn't he? Like, but but I, you know, he he's a terrible defender. Whereas Ben Smith has that as well, yeah. and Ben Smith's super fit. Like Falao is so good in the air, mm. and he's so talented when he has the ball in hand. But I found him more patchy. I like I like I, I I like Ben Smith. Ben Smith's one with he'd be right up there with a kiddo for me. I think he's an unbelievable rugby player. Way stronger than he looks. Really quick. Really smart. Tough as nails. Mm. Um, brilliant in the air as well. Uh, ben Smith's a good choice. Sevilla, his I try don't know. record for like he only played you know for the All Blacks for maybe five years, and he was his try record was incredible, incredible. Yeah. Um, Although he was absolutely a diabolical for Toulon last season, like he was. In fairness, not great when the the owners kind of abusing you, new culture, like yeah. you know. Um, but I would probably say someone like Nadolo might be good on that. On that, he's the same player, but just I think better. He was unbelievable for the Crusaders. We just barely saw him in international. Yeah, but he is. He you know, he's he's phenomenal. He was he was great. Uh, is he better than Sevilla? Oh, maybe not the height. I don't know. But Sevilla's got great do, pace. Do you know? Do you know I like? It's funny. I actually think they made a big mistake not picking your man. He hasn't been around long enough. But I really like your man. Um, Yuani. Yeah. Rico. Yuani. Rico Yuani. Yeah. 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 Uh, even though your man Bridge is a class player, yeah. like, but. Uh, I'm just trying to like, who, George who, who else are you thinking George no not George North um, <laughs> it's not, they didn't give that no no not for me at all um, <laughs> good player but Cuthbert no, no I'm joking um, who, like, who else have we got in the year that we could talk like Adam Ashley Cooper Adam Ashley Cooper's an unbelievable yeah. rugby player yeah yeah. Or I, do you know I loved I loved Drew Mitchell but he was injured a lot mm. but he was a when he was fit he's class as well Chris um, Ashton Chris Ashton's a very good player uh, I liked him a lot as a player, um, geez, do we get? Do we have to give it to Sevilla? You don't do. have to, uh, but I, I think he like his try. Like, what about Sivivatu? 
no, nah, he's this decade. No, nah, he's more last decade. Like he was unreal for Claremont for a year or two, but he's barely played with the All Blacks in this decade. Like he didn't play in the World Cup in twenty eleven. Like, or, like was he gone? That he was yeah, gone. Sorry, he was gone sure. by oh, was he gone in twenty eleven? He was. He was just going. Was yeah. he? Oh, he, did he break? Did he? I think he got injured. He okay, all right, fine, fine. Sorry, yeah. Sevilla. Look, can't argue with him when he's going forward. He's class. Yeah. yeah. And coach of the decade, I've given it Gatlin to come on Gatlin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Two yeah. grand slams, two Lions tours where he did very well on as well. Yeah, and he never overcomplicates things. Yeah. He two World Cup semi-finals as well. Yeah, but like, look, as I don't know if they're in to go to to boast about. You want to be in the but like win the things. We've, Ireland have never gotten to one. Well, we're just I don't know. We've got a problem with them, uh, but uh, yeah, like, and he was close in both of them as well. Yeah, yeah, he was close. Lost so. by one score in yeah. both games. Yeah, coming yeah. in the World Cup final pretty easy. Um, yeah, I, I think Warren Gatlin's been unbelievable. When you consider how poor the Welsh teams have been in the leagues and Heineken Cups, um, like he really he's able to galvanise them coming in. It shows it's a good setup, you know. Um, so yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I liked all them. I liked yeah. that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. Like it's a, it's a nice time to look back and reflect on some of the great guys we've we, we've watched, isn't it? Like yeah. I mean, you're like very lucky to have seen like and, and some of those people I think will go down as all time greats. Yeah, um, and who, absolutely. Who for you has been the player of the decade? Like, if well, I think we 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 saw the the best player of all time uh, in Richie McCaw. Yeah, best ever, I yeah. think. Um, people could say different people. Uh, you could talk about maybe a John Eels. You could talk about. Uh, Dan Carter. Dan Carter could be in the conversation, definitely. Um, but I think for just pure longevity and just always just a winner, like if he's in your team, you just feel like he's obviously never going to get him binned, but yeah. <laughs> he's obviously always going to win as well. Like he's just a winner, isn't he? I think and he. Then, I think he played. I think I saw a stat recently. He played 148 tests and he won 131 of them. Yeah, like which is just yeah, sick. Yeah. yeah, he's a dog of, yeah. of a bloke as well. Like he's like meant to be a lovely guy, but he's a dog on the pitch. Like yeah. you just love to have him as your on on, on the pitch. Did you and play I, against him many times? Yeah, a few times, a few times. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's he's unbelievable. Like just yeah. what was he like? like he's getting smashed by. Like he spent because you don't understand. Like it's like, uh, like rugby is like play is like when Maradona and Pele were playing, and you could absolutely just hoe into them. Like you were just like, right, let's just cut that lad down. Like let's take his legs. Like Richie McCall was that guy. Like it's like a rugby you're allowed to try and kill a fella. Like yeah. and you've fifteen guys in the British going Richie McCall. Like all week in training, someone's wearing a yellow bib, and you're like, that's Richie McCall. If he's in that rook, you are killing him. Mm. You're absolutely. He spent his whole career doing that. Every match he went out. And he's still kicking the crap out of everyone and winning the ball, you know, so fit, so smart uh, that he's actually still able to influence the referee's decisions and turn small to just small things in his team's favor, uh, and make brilliant decisions. Even in attack, he always made great decisions. Yeah. Like you know, little chips through. Like a lot of tries. Um, as well. I'm yeah. sure. Like he's because he was so fit, he was always there. He like he's pop up at the end of moves, thinking clearly when everyone else is tired. You know, he was. Uh, I'd say he has to be the best. Yeah, best of all time. Yeah, you, you play against Carter. Did you ever? Did yeah. played against him a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely footballer as well. Yeah. They're just very. Look, I always feel with New Zealand backs that they play, they're playing with all the best players. It's a great, like playing 10 for New Zealand is a great position. Mm. Like if you, but you still have to be, like I, I look at Carter, I still feel like he'll do it anywhere. Like, you know, when you just play yeah. against a guy, like you, you could feel, I played in the centre against him once or twice and you could feel the strength. He's a strong guy as well. He's real wiry. Um, hard to get your hands on he's making good decisions like he never really tries to overcomplicate the game um, but he makes the right decision 
in like invariably makes it very like ninety nine times out of a hundred, mm. you know. So there's real skill in that, and there's a calmness to him. He kind of exudes calm. Um, never really looked like he was in a rush doing anything. And uh, yeah, look, he was a super player as well. I remember one Ireland New Zealand game. You would have been it would have been very young early in your career. You probably were only twenty one or twenty two, and you were playing in the centre with with uh, O'Driscoll. That's right. And I remember I was watching on TV, and like Hook was just salivating before the game. Like this could be the Ireland centre partnership for like you know ten years. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, no. Look, it. it uh, I never really so they kind of they chopped and changed me around a bit. They're like it's one of those ones where you probably I needed to be playing there for the club. Were you twelve or thirteen in that game? I can't even remember. They kept swapping me. Yeah. So I had the twelve jersey on. Drink my share of that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, um, yeah, like it was. He kind of played in, in attack and uh, or in defence, and I might have played there in attack or something. Yeah. Um, Probably a period when he was maybe going through that. Remember, he always talked about that little bit of a lull in his yeah. period, like in his career where he suffered. He a little went bit. like a year without scoring a try or something. Yeah, yeah, like kind of weird. Like, but he was playing great rugby. Like, he was still playing really good rugby. Yeah. Uh, but he kind of said he went through. He had a few doubts or whatever, and he was low on confidence, which is funny because you never really. I never noticed it with him. Uh, I suppose, and I was playing right next to him for for parts of the year, you know. So, um, yeah, no, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's. Uh, Do you think that could have been a fruitful partnership if it had been? I don't know. I, I, like, yeah, I'd say it could have been, but uh, like, like you got Gordon Darcy there, like just mm. an unbelievable talent. Like, like Darcy's, you have to really. I think you have to train with him and play with him to really appreciate how good he was. Um, I always felt like there was a bit of a. The only difference between himself and Brian was probably Brian had this incredible competitiveness. Like, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Like, but he's like. I just think there's a difference between the two guys there particularly in the consistency side of that like Brian you could be playing anything with him and he's like trying to like win like to the best of his ability uh, whereas I'd say Gordon was probably Gordon could have been more talented than him mm. seriously yeah. uh, he's like an unbelievable like he was so strong so powerful um, but I probably he had like ups and downs I think with his kind of with the, like, whereas Brian I always felt was like on the ball like if you're playing something he was like always on um, but yeah so in that respect I don't think look uh, there might have been an opportunity when Gordon was injured, but I think you're probably always going to try and get him in the team if he's fit. You know, he was a great player. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Mm. Disappointing. I would have. I, I probably would have. That that might have been more of an option for me if uh, if I'd gone to Munster when I went when I left school. Yeah. Because they were probably going to. They were looking at me more in the centre, I think, than fullback. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting. interesting where sliding doors. Moment. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, like I suppose you make one decision about staying up in Leinster versus going to Munster at the time, who were who were a way better team. Um, and kind of competing it would have been but I, I suppose even though like I would have been like I was at that Munster game in Lansdowne Road yeah. in my Leinster schools gear you know and like <laughs> feeling, feeling like oh, yeah loser. well we were we wanted to put the blue on because they were like all the red the red sea are going to be out there so we yeah. were like well, whatever like I didn't have a jersey like so I was like I, was, I wore the jersey but we wore the tracksuits there because we were like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Show the blue colours yeah. and geez, it really hurt like that was a day like we're walking out and you're getting abused by by everyone on the way out, you're like, geez, that was embarrassing, a home fixture, you know, so, mm. um, I suppose that one might have stuck with me a little bit, and I was kind of a bit, that, and obviously you got a chance to play with Brian and that, but, um, yeah, it's an interesting one, like when you think back of all those kind of things, it kind of a, like probably shut off a few avenues to you, and probably opened up other ones as well though, I probably, I never thought I'd play in the wing, you know, I always thought I'd be a centre or a fullback. Yeah. but um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Enough about uh, fucking ancient history, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll move on to current events. Obviously, yeah. Andy Farrell at his first press conference today mm. uh, after that stock take. Um, and I guess the big thing that he was talking about was the, was the element of the guys who weren't in it today very much still 
live options and basically kept stressing form is key for him going forward, which I guess, you know, what else might he say? But anyway, it was refreshing to hear it and it sets up the uh, Interpros nicely over the next couple of weeks. You're going to have two rounds of Interpros, two rounds of Europe, and then it's Six Nations time. It's pretty, it's pretty quickly that he'll have to assemble that team and the squad. Yeah, like you'll be under pressure, I think, a little bit to to maybe get organised and get um you know get an idea of how they want to play together fairly quickly. Um, but I think he'll have good people around him, and I'd ex I'd expect him to have a very clear vision about how he wants to go forward and progress the team. Uh, as you said, nice to hear him talk about the form thing, but we'll see when it comes to selection how that pans out. Yeah. Um, I think that's always the real. Um, uh, kind of litmus test for that is, is is actually well who do you actually trust to play in the big games do you actually sa stand over what you say and pick on form or do you pick guys who you think well, do you know what I, I need a few wins to start off just to settle things and then I'll do it yeah um that from that'll be a kind of a key moment um so I hope he does stick to his guns uh, I think he'll get time if he does do that there's um, some guys playing great rugby yeah, but know, get, he, he should get time you'd expect them to have a few rough patches while they're kind of getting used to international rugby well it's funny you know because obviously there was so many guys at the World Cup who were, who were, let's face it, were playing shit rugby. Like, but pretty much all of them have come back in playing, like hitting the form now that we expect from them. It's kind of frustrating in a way because you're like, why couldn't they have just done clicked like this? I know it's club rugby versus international rugby, which is you know it's easier to to, to shine. Like, yeah, but not that notwithstanding, it's still at least positive going into the Six Nations albeit frustrating from the World Cup that there are so many guys putting their hands up again like someone like Josh van der Fleer who wasn't great at the World Cup but I thought he was pretty good at the World Cup I, I'm surprised you picked him but yeah sorry no, just because he's been so good he in the last few weeks, yeah right? yeah sorry I, I would probably have picked a few other people who were probably not playing that great to be honest with you but um yeah it's interesting isn't it like I think uh, you know there's probably a bit of a there's a certain Amount of what I think is that you know the provinces probably have they've they've good depth charts like they're they're pretty they're going to be good every week and mm. they're not playing against great teams all the time, um, or teams that are actually that interested in the cup, you know some of the English teams if they lose one or two rounds at the start True. no interest so we have to be careful about how good they're playing, uh, you know I think the real test is going to be well, at this stage we know the Irish teams are going to be probably qualified or you know. Three of them are definitely, you know, I, th I think are pretty... Or sorry, two of them definitely are. Three of them you'd expect will probably get through. I don't know. We'll, we'll see yeah. how that, how that tran what transpires there, right? But, you know, that's been normal for the last while. I think it's how they get in six... How they get on the Six Nations, like who he introduces, what in what impact can they have? Does he, like, keep... He'll have to keep some of the older guys there. Um, that'll be, I think, more of a, of a, a test for me. I think they're kicking the crap out of everyone in the league, so I just don't know what to make of that at the moment. I'm not mm. sure it's actually a good... I'm not actually sure it's a good breeding ground at the moment. Really? If I'm being honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure about that. I'm, I think, you know, the Welsh teams look like they're really struggling, like really, really struggling, you know, and I think it's uh, it's kind of worrying. Um, and this, the Scottish teams are just weakened a little bit. A few of the big, you know, I mean, you know, guys like Stuart Hogg leaving and it, it just takes a little bit of the unfit of things up there. Um, now, I know there was a good, there was a coaching uh, appointment made today, I think. Uh, Johnny Bell's heading up to Glasgow, isn't he, as a tack coach next year? Um but they need something, you know. Um, so look, I'm a little bit worried about that. As I said, I'm not as concerned about. I, I wasn't. I haven't been as impressed by say some of the performances in terms of the provinces. I kind of expected at this stage because I just think the competition isn't there at the moment, you know. Yeah, like Leinster. Obviously, I, I mentioned last week about the you know the perfect season, kind of half jokingly. I've since put money on them at twenty five to one to complete a perfect season. <laughs> Put the pressure on Paddy Power, yeah, a bit of public, exactly. yeah, a bit of public pressure. Yeah, yeah, they gave me quite a bit fourteen to one. I beefed it up to twenty five to one. But anyway, like obviously they play Munster uh, this coming weekend. You know, uh, you have Connacht versus Ulster as well. 
Um, and then last weekend, you know, you'd Leinster Ulster in a bizarre, like, you know, yeah, if you're talking about that. So I've been kind of concerned about their defence, Will. Yeah, like they conceded six tries in that game. Yeah, that's uh, a lot. And like, like they were, like, you know, fair play to Ulster for battling to the end because like Ulster had a very weak team out so to even yeah. leave one bonus point is pro- it was probably a good result for them. I'd say great, yeah. Um, considering they were the 20, was it 28-7 down or something after after half an hour, 20, 26-7 down. That's a great like a yeah. point out of that. The problem is when you're leaking over 50 points, it's not good either. Yeah. Um, regardless of whether you score, like the result, yes, they'll take. But I just think that like defensively, like you just need to be better. You mm. need like against good like, I really feel like the challenge, particularly Hiding Cup and and that will come from lots of teams. I think that's when you really figure out well, okay, who are the top teams in Europe at this point? And the real differentiator the last couple of seasons has actually been the defensive side. I thought Leinster's was you know the big turnaround for them was the definitely from the year before where they were where they won was actually the defense and they did the double. Mm. Um, and then they didn't concede that much, and you know, like, even though they lost to Saracens, they only conceded twenty points. Yeah, but the Saracens had a better defense, yeah. and I thought like they definitely had a better defense. Yeah. Um, and I thought Lens was a little bit looser last year than it was the year before. So, uh, that to me is just you know you need young guys tackling. You know you need them tackling. You need them being in the right positions. Positions you need them to understand where they need to be to stop. Because like you're going to have games away from home where like you're going to be under pressure. Um. I'm always looking at that for for players. I I like I love seeing a, like a good tackle. I love seeing someone in the right position or organising before the play is over and snuffing something out that looked like it was on, because they're in position or because they organise so like there to to me that makes up a good player, and um, like all those players on that team that we talk about, like they're all excellent defenders, um smart players, you know. So, um, yeah, like I feel like it's a really important part of the game. So that to me, I'm worried when I see a result like that. I'm saying that's not you shouldn't because like Leinster, I think they're if you look at Northampton and you look at um, maybe some of the stuff against Leon, they actually conceded quite a few breaks, and they're all talking about oh like unbelievable, great to get back in the fight. But like I'd much rather see them not give up the line breaks. Mm. You know, I think that's a way better sign than like people you know getting back into position, you know, and and kind of scrambling. You know, they, they always talk about that scramble defence and it shows real heart and grit. You're probably going to have to, do, you should, like a really good team, you probably have to do it two or three times. And get, like When you're doing it like five or six, you know, they're, uh, one, they're one, one of those days a team is going to pump you, they're going to actually go through you and you're not going to be able to save the day. Um, so I'd much rather see you giving up like two or three a game um, against teams that you're, that you're better than because Leinster are better than these teams at the moment, you know. So uh, we're worrying enough to develop it. It's something that they really need to keep an eye on. And then Munster obviously had a very good one in the sports card as well because Connacht probably had the stronger team out. You know they were they were slight favourites. I think going into the game, it was tight for a good bit actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like tough place to go. David, the only thing is Munster have a very good record against Connacht the last couple of years. Mm. They seem to be seem to kind of have their number. They've edged them in Beat a few them tight in the sports ones. Sports last year as well. They've, they've yeah. edged them in a few tight ones. You know, like kind of gritty affairs where Scott, <coughs> like you know in recent times Connacht have actually won those ones in the sport ground, sports grounds. You know, so. Um, I think they'll be happy with that. I think that that's a that's a great result for Munster, um, and it'll give them a bit of confidence going into this weekend as well. Like you know, the big the big one. Like it's always, even though it's kind of you know there won't be teams with full strength. The Leinster Munster game is still the it's still the big one. I think it's still yeah. the marquee. Yeah. yeah, like I think Ulster's becoming a bit now. I think that'll be a, that'll be a really good game. I think they'll be right. Like that actually might be the most difficult game of the season. The Ulster one, I mm. think, up in Kingspan. Um, but it's pretty hard to. To differentiate between that and Thomond, like yeah, it'd be brilliant, and it's a great atmosphere. This time of year is always brilliant. Yeah, well, it's just whether who, just who's playing well, isn't it? Yeah, like just judging from 
I just Rory oh, Rory had an article last week or two weeks ago saying that it's likely to be weakened teams from both sides. I'll be a Joey Cabri could play his first match since the World Cup, which would be huge to see him back. It'd be good to see him back. Um, yeah. But you know what? What's your memories of uh, Tom and Park? You know, did you did you play there? Did you play that, that often? Uh, I played a good few. Yeah, yeah. I'd say. Um, geez, I don't know maybe six, seven times. Maybe yeah. six. I don't know. Did you ever win there? Uh, I did, did, won a few good ones, yeah, yeah. Uh, won the one in Musgrave uh, years ago as well. We hadn't won in 30 years there or something, or mm. maybe 16 or something like that. But, um, yeah, we won a few good ones in, in Tomant. Yeah, like real, they're, 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 one, they're real character-building ones. I lost a few bad ones as well, uh, you know, ones that really hurt. The one after the one after 2011 really hurt me, actually. Mm. I really thought we should have done a double that year. Um, you know, just after we did the, the Northampton thing, everyone yeah. went in the piss after, and I was like, I didn't go too mad. I was really gunning for it. I was like, yeah, there's something chance there's something special here, and we sh we were a better team than them. They're just, you know, they had lots of good players, but we were definitely a better team. And uh, yeah, kind of everything went there. I I still had like I remember. I think Nigel was refereeing it. And I always remember. I just fell after like he absolutely rinsed us in it, and uh, like didn't ref the breakdown at all. And then they were brilliant on the day. Like they just, the crowd was fired up. I think it was John Hayes' last game in Tome and um, you know, their they were their tails were up. Uh, we missed a few opportunities, like terrible things. I remember there was a big break. I remember Felix Jones pulling me back. Like you know, Brick Drico made a, a really good break, and I remember like we're running through, like clean through. And uh, I remember getting pulled back by Felix Jones and the, and the linesman's doing this one, putting the flag out. And we go up the other end of the pitch and Dricko does this really nice uh, back pass to Johnny Sexton. Oh, I think I remember but that But you remember pass. the flag in the background? Like, so I'm yeah. obviously the winger, probably one of, like, you know, one of the probably top six or five guys, uh, you know, in terms of pace on the pitch. Like, if you're never going to be very hard to catch someone from behind who's not running with a ball. You know, a winger. So all Dricker would have had to have done is got there, you know, giving me the ball. It would have been very hard to catch me into the left corner. I always remember thinking that was really bad form by the uh, by the linesman, especially because you can see him in the background flagging it, because he's pulled. It was a great play by Felix. You know, he got away with it, so it worked. But it was a terrible refereeing because that could have been the, the turn of the game. I always felt. Yeah. Now everyone talks because like, oh, unbelievable back pass, but it should have been going to me like just a straight pass like into the corner. Um. And there was a few moments like that in the game. Remember, Drico got the shoulder from Marcus Horan uh, when we made a. There was a. Was there a break? There was a big break or something. Maybe a kick through that kind of went all over the place, and he got absolutely drilled off the ball by Marcus Horan, and they didn't. They, they did nothing about it. Anyway, it was. It was a few moments, and it just really was their day, and they were brilliant. So, like, look. Good and bad memories. It's a super, super place to play rugby. Yeah, it is. What's brilliant. it like as an away player there? Like, do you, is it intimidating? No, I loved so it. It's different for it, you know? an Irish team going there. No, they fucking hate us. They absolutely hate us down yeah. there. Yeah, um, <laughs> but they're always very. I always find them like, look, you'll get a few, a bit of slagging here and there from the crowd, but you're like, that's half. You know, you get to a point in your career where you actually kind of have a bit of a laugh at those ones, you know. Mm. Um, but um, and like, if you get upset about people calling you fat or people calling you useless, like you know, you're probably. You're probably playing the wrong. You probably should. You're be probably playing. Jamie George. You probably shouldn't be playing sports. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like there's serious stuff that people actually say that you should take seriously. Um, you know, but that's that kind of stuff is like Jesus, you loser. Like, do you know what I mean? Who like <laughs> shouting that stuff? Going to a match and shouting that stuff at another grown man is a bit, you know, a bit pathetic. But yeah, like I loved it down there. I absolutely loved it down there. I had lots of, you know, as I, as I said, good and bad ones down there. And I think it is something that, like, Leinster teams really, they do enjoy going down there now because 
they've had a little bit of success. It used to be probably a daunting enough place, but you probably go down there with the pack as well that you're not, you know, you know you're probably going to be, you're probably going to get parity if they play to their potential or, or you're probably going to get on top a little bit. It's a very different experience to when you're going down there and they had the full Ireland pack and you're like, Jesus, we're going to get squeezed the life out of this one. Yeah. Large, going to kick the corners. It's it's funny this when we were talking about the start of the decade versus now because if memory serves, it was 2010 was the first time Leinster had won in Thailand in donkey's years that could have been 30 years Rob and Carney, maybe it was the 16 Rob years Carney scored it? a try and they won by like a point or two points and I, I just remember watching it it was on Good Friday that was the year and they got the the, the the law lifted for one day in Limerick so they could sell beer in the pubs like because oh, the Limerick it? publicans were like oh we'll lose so much money if you don't get let us open the pubs today so they were allowed to do it yeah one day only yeah, city stuff isn't um, it but God. yeah it's just funny like that was our first year that was their first win in, in Talmud and yeah I think they could have been 30 for Tolman and it might have been like something like 16 or something when we won in Musgrave in yeah. 2008 we won the league that year it was, yeah. a big, it was kind of a big win for us um, because they were just such a powerhouse you know mm. but um, particularly in that period so yeah look they'll love that and the, and the, the supporters love it Like, and you get a big crowd of Leinster supporters going down the interactions are always a bit of crack between the between the crowd as I said and the players are up for it like they're, they're, it's, it's, an elect, it's always a really quick game uh, really really physical there's lads absolutely honing to each other because like, there's Irish places up for grabs as well it's not yeah. just the bragging rights so um, yeah no it's, it, I'm really looking forward to that one now I'm, bu I'm buzzing to watch that one it's not every every match now that I get that I'm, that I'm you know that I watch that I'm really really enjoying like someone yeah. you're just watching just so we can kind of talk about it here. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you no, know what I mean best. and you're kind of saying oh this is a bit tough this is kind of tough work but I'll look forward to that one even if it's not like the full 15s out you know yeah and just before we finish up you know it is Christmas around the corner what is it like as a professional what would, what would it be like for the lads now playing in that Lenson Winter match like it'll be a, will they be able to eat a Christmas dinner or Ash, like, I, I'd say you probably can I wouldn't go mad now you know um, on the on the on the rouge and the the the, the brewskis, I'd probably stay away from them. But I think, um, yeah, look, you can have it. Look, have a bit, have a good meal. You know what I mean? Just I wouldn't be, just don't go overboard. You know, and they won't do that. They're all professionals at this stage. You know, yeah. and um, are you, you know, given like guideline Christmas Day guidelines? Like it? I think it, everyone just says don't take the piss, which is as far uh, those parameters are wider for some than others. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, it's it's. It's a tough time of year to be a to to be a sports person. Um, the rest of the year it's it's pretty great, but uh, this time of year is actually terrible because all your mates are back in the pubs. You're kind of meeting them, going oh, like literally they're all absolutely trolleyed, like you know, and you're kind of sitting around there like having can't have a beer, like unless you get the I game saw off. A couple of Leinster players out on the weekend now. And I don't know if they were. Necessarily yeah, really not. They're not there necessarily <laughs> taking that advice. To be honest. Yeah, but you are I won't they, name any names. But are they playing? We don't know well, yet. Well, I think I one or two of them could oh, be. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I thought, because I, I thought all that culture had kind of really been, has kind of been decimated. Like, when I talk to guys like, um, like we talk to Ferg or, mm. you know, any other guys that I, from my kind of era, they always say, like, like our era kind of got more professional and the, the guys before that would always say, like, there was no camera phones or there was no, so, like, you could go out in a night out, have a few beers and no one's going to be, like, looking for photos with your anything like mm. that. Um, and our era maybe changed a little bit and probably more professional as well again and went on another leap. But this, the lads were saying, like, geez, like, it's, you know, it, they're very serious, like, serious, yeah. uh, serious athletes, not, you know, um, probably feel like very cautious in public places and all that kind of stuff so yeah look it's good to see them out having a beer or two like I mean look after a game I don't really see too much harm in that you know yeah. um, but uh, I'm sure they'll be ready and they won't be doing too much before um, before the game on uh, 
you know, because like, your Christmas dinner, like, look, you, could, you, could you have a beer? Of course a few mince pies as well. You could have a few mince pies. You'd probably be trucking up rather than trying to go around, lads. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, it's a tough time. Uh, Will. All the all the pals are back and the family are back, but I think they'll be buzzing for the game as well. Like These ones are really, really key games to... You know, I think as much as Andy Farrell, we're kind of wondering about what he's going to do in terms of selection. Like he'll be watching the Interpros very closely, you know, because that's mano a mano, you know. Mm. And if the packs kind of if the if the packs match off against each other, you know, from a backs perspective, you know, you you probably think he's going to judge each person on their own merits and how they're playing against each other. It's like what better way to judge people about who's better, you mm. know, who I'm going to pick at the moment at this moment in time. That's how you play against that guy. No, yeah. do you no, know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would say definitely I, that's something that I would consider anyway no, if I was yeah, coaching. A bit like trial matches, but as you know, as we kind of said, nauseam like the, with the difference in who picks who and when. Like you know, sometimes you can get a bit of a mismatch. I went to a couple of Munster Leinster ones where like Munster had the full team out and Leinster had a, like a second or third string team out. And it's kind of like, what's the point in that? What's the point? I'll At least like, if it's two second strings, it's a little more value. You but know? they shouldn't do that. Yeah, I well. like I sort of think it's really bad form. Hmm. Like I think that this like the, these games are monsters. Like these are the biggest. I don't think there's a. Is there a bigger game in the league than Munster Leinster now? No, but like even in the even in in Hiding Cup, like yeah. bar, like maybe the semi finals. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, uh, Munster Leinster. Like I'd say, you, like I'd say you could make the you could definitely make the case for like Munster Leinster being the probably the biggest club fixture in rugby in, in Europe. Mm. Um, probably the world. So, well, yeah, if it's the biggest in Europe, you know, it's kind like of... like I I don't like like. Who gets a more consistent supporters like you know to go into away and home games? Like who has the biggest ever club game yeah. uh, attendance? It's that like it's that. Well, well, I think that's been surprised, but it was. Has it? Yeah. Has it been surprised? It was one in Twickenham or something. Well, like some, yeah, it was some. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was like, was, is that not one of the ones where they had four four teams I, playing? I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I just yeah, know it was is that not the you know the way they do those yeah, all no, the London no, games? Yeah. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think it was actually just Saracens playing some like Quint or something. Couldn't have been. It was. Something crap. got more than 84. It was something crap like that. Yeah, jeez, I'm at a concert or something <laughs> it must have been Billy Joel or Bruce Springsteen <laughs> yeah. or something on after yeah. mm. so to get back to it like let's like give the support or something like get pick the best players pick yeah. the it's a month out from the from the Six Nations you know what I mean it's like, there's enough breathing space as well between this and the last two games of the of the the, the group stages yeah. like to, pick the right guys to be fair I think it's more it's like the, it's a World Cup year as well they need to get even they have a they have like a mandated two week rest period you don't play them against second yeah. you know the Ospreys or whoever, yeah. do you know what I mean? Don't I'd probably play them in the, in the Hiding Cup. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, do you know what I mean? Don't play, like play them against the the provinces. Like that's they're the brilliant games. They're the ones you want to be involved in. Like the more I be seeing of this stuff, I'm saying, well, actually, what's like they're they're the ones that have you have the crack. They're the ones you're like right. I'm building for this for a few weeks because yeah. I know it's going to be key. I know the support's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be a like a rapid game. But I'll be it'll be as close as you probably get to. You know, bar a really top class, you know, Heineken Cup game, it's going to be very close to an international mm. in terms of standards. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Look, let's we'll wait and see, but it'd be disappointing if they didn't. Yeah, well, it looks like Joey Carby could be involved. Hopefully, a few other big names. So, a lot to look forward to over the festive period. I'd like to wish our listeners a happy Christmas from the left wing. A very happy Christmas, yeah. 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 And Luke as well, happy Christmas to uh, you. Yeah, well, and a happy New Year because we won't see each other. But, yeah, we're uh, going to be taking a one-week kind of festive rest uh, next next. Yeah, week. we need it. We've been working too hard. Way right? too hard, yeah. <laughs> so we will be back two weeks' time to recap all of the uh, festive rugby action. But in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So have a great Christmas, everyone. And until next time, goodbye. Cheers, guys.